Today on Oxl FM, we continue our deep dive and discussion into the history of one of the greatest MMOs of all time with part two of our World of Warcraft retrospective. Hello and welcome to the episode of Oxl FM. I'm Zephyrin. And I'm Gelada. And we are continuing our discussion on uh, World of Warcraft, the retrospective. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is part two. Uh, you can listen to this without listening to part one, in fairness. We're just going to be talking about all of the post-cataclysm-based things yes. of World of Warcraft. But probably better to go and listen to the first one uh, yeah. before you do. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that first. Yeah. In the first episode, we discussed uh, what WoW was and why it came about and what it did really well to grow as phenomenally as it did. Mm. And this, and more importantly, we, we discussed in more detail than we thought we would the situations that caused it to happen in the first place. So mm. although the game itself was very well designed and very well made, there was lots of other factors playing into a success at its time of release. Yes, there were, exactly. I think, like, you know, we talked about how actually MMOs were really just very, like, an untapped thing that was, mm. like, starting to get there, but, like, they were very hardcore. You you really had to be, like, an MMO gamer if you played MMOs. You weren't, like, a gamer that also played an MMO. Um, and WoW was really the first one for that. We talked a lot about how even back when WoW came out, it was still relatively difficult for wow because there was so many prerequisites so many hard mm. requirements it was like early days of subscriptions people were still there was no broadband still yep. you needed a decent pc like it was actually really quite surprising if anything that they like managed it and then we talked about yeah like how it sort of there were lots of it, it became part of culture right like it was so big and when we left it i think we left it talking about it starting to decline right like at like the end of 2010 we had Cataclysm, which was the, what, third expansion? Yeah. They added, like, looking for Raid as a as a thing, which kind of eroded away at the kind of social aspect of WoW even more. It sold more copies than any game ever in 24 hours. Like, they broke their own record for, like, yeah. the third time and sold 3.3 million copies. But it was the first expansion to really start to get a mixed reception, you know, and subscribers started to fall. And at this point, you had a lot more MMOs. Like, there were still 9 million people playing, which is which is a lot a of people. A huge number of people, sure. Um, but, but the... Yeah. They'd very much hit the the peak, the yes. crescendo of their popularity, it, it and never now they were started. Again, no, right? it, it never grew again until they actually stopped publishing. We'll get to that point eventually. They stopped publishing subscriber figures, so we don't really know for sure if any of the expansions have ever like grown the the player base. But for the rest of charted and recorded subscription, you know, numbers, it never climbs. It only declines month, <laughs> sort of month to month. And we posited that the reason for that was many reasons but mm. a big part of it was people's growing disinterest in the content that was being given to them yeah. because it was more of the same thing every time yeah and although people enjoyed that content initially because it was so well made it was so well put together and well designed it was more of the same yeah it also became harder for newer players to kind of get in on that mm. content because mm. there was more 
fluff, I guess you could say, to try and get yeah. through. There was more min-maxing to understand. Yeah. There was just more content to try and kind of get yourself on board with and sort of become a part of. Yeah. Although if you'd have been there from the beginning, it would have been easier because you'd have had that time to kind of grow up through it through you right. know, six plus years or whatever it would have been at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Um, another element that we posited that was probably a big contributing factor was now the slow but very very continual rise of the social internet Mm. because up until this point mmos were a fantastic place to socialize with people online because not only did they allow for very easy seamless like online chatting Mm. but it also gave you activities to do at the same time with one another but with things like facebook and other online social media websites and Mm. also things like mobile phone Uh, uptake smartphone uptake becoming much higher Hmm. that level of online interaction wasn't really limited anymore to an online game like wow right exactly you know and you touched on a point there about sort of you know at this point with cataclysm like you've got the iphone 3g like the 4 is coming out soon like you're well into like iphone game you know mobile gaming and sort of casual that sort of casual gamer market is going to start you know eroding away because because at this point, especially like WoW has, WoW not only had like MMO players playing it, it had gamers that play, hardcore gamers in inverted commas that played other games playing yeah. it. It also brought, you know, brand new people who didn't play video games to mm-hmm. WoW, you know, but casual people, like you said, who were maybe there more for the social aspect or got involved, got ended up in the social aspect of WoW. WoW was to PC gaming as like the Wii was to console gaming right. for people. Right, exactly, exactly. So now, you know, some of those are going to turn to, you know, mobile games and things like that. And social, you know, social gaming as well, like things like, you know, not to not to say that WoW is Farmville, but like, you know, you had that kind of thing going on as well. You know, those mm-hmm. sort of like very, if, if you think WoW's addictive and was designed to be addictive, you know, like think about those games that that was the only goal, right? It wasn't really designed to be a good game. It was designed to like be addictive and get money out of you. You know, people that fell for the addiction loop in WoW are probably also likely to fall for the addiction loop in, in, in other games. Some of them are going to fall for that kind of loop. And these games were also the very beginning of the monetization of that addiction too yep. like up until this point wow was still just a simple subscription service you yep. paid like what was it like a tenner a month or something along those lines something like that, yeah. you did have to still buy the games as well like there were when was it that they decided to drop that i can't remember but i'm not 100 percent sure a little bit later down the line yeah it you, is down the line you had sure. to stop buying them but these were still games you went into the shop to buy or buy yeah. online or whatever so that was the way they were making their money. But those mobile games were starting to be, you know, oh, pay three pounds to right. have more energy. Right, right, know, exactly. Or buy this, like, cool thing for your house or something. And obviously that would then bleed into these MMOs later on down the line too, mm. just because that that potential for money is just too high to yeah. ignore. Exactly, um, exactly. But they didn't go down that route immediately, in fairness. No. So the next expansion that they released after Cataclysm and after basically they started to lose that mm. that huge upsurge and they became more of like a traditional game rather than this like social phenomenon was Mists of Pandaria. Yeah. So at this point, it feels really like Mists of Pandaria was still a kind of classic kind of content expansion primarily. There's, there's not really a huge amount like I'm sure there is if you were playing WoW at the time, but like mm. it feels like quite a like non-expansion. It feels like, you know, they've added new content, new areas and things like that. But 
like something that's interesting at this point with Mr. Pandaria is that the way that typically it works, right, is an expansion comes out and then you have like content uh, releases, right? Like after the expansion comes out where they like introduce new things for, you know, a certain period of time and there's a release schedule. And then eventually they say, okay, look, we're working on a new expansion. This is what it is. So no more content. Right. And the content pauses whilst they work on, you know, because you've got to work on the expansion at some point and like, you know, line everything up. And with Mr. Pandaria, you started to get really, really big gaps where I can't remember exactly how long it was, but now you were like months and months where there was no content because an expansion Mm. was coming out. And that also wasn't helping. Right. And this is a big game at this point. There's a lot going on. I'm not surprised that it was it was getting trickier to make the expansions it's trickier to sort of do all these things you've got declining subscription numbers like it's a bit of a like downward spiral at this point bearing in mind that that's all taking into consideration that they 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 try to level the playing field in terms of their operations and the way in which all these systems interconnect with each other with cataclysm by doing almost like a reset Mm, like we discussed in the previous episode how they kind of redesigned all of the actual yes like fields and worlds and whatever you want to call them so that they would like allow for flight for example yeah yeah so at that time they took that as the advantage to sort of like upgrade everything to a more modern sensibilities for their games but that this was still causing them to be very slow on content creation because that's just how long it takes in this case exactly exactly and so that was sort of that was two years after cataclysm like that's like 2012 kind of time Mm. and then Two years after that, you had Warlords of Draenor, which was the next expansion. Now, this is kind of interesting because this has like basically weird timeline stuff, right? You can like go back in time (laughs) and it's interesting because at this point, like from Cataclysm onwards, people started to like have nostalgia for classic WoW, for like wow pre-cataclysm pre-rebuilding the whole map and changing loads of stuff and i mean this is 10 years on now right is that right right? yeah it is you're uh, 2014 yeah you're 10 years on and so So if you think if you were a 10 year old kid playing this for the first time as like one of your first mmos or even first video game experiences you're now 20 you know you're in university college you know you're got a job whatever you can now look at this, look back on those initial days with quite a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so there was a little bit of that with Warlords of Draenor, especially in the sort of early hype days, because you were going to be going back in time. And it was like, mm. oh, you're going to like go back to the old areas and things like that. But I don't think it ever really quite worked out. It had a bunch of issues. One of them was like they had like a garrison system, which was, I think, like your own... I didn't play Wall of Draenor. We, we stopped playing at, at Pandaria around the sort of time when Pandaria came out. Um, but it had, like, a sort of, like, instanced area just for you. And there were daily missions. You know, mm. you're starting to see the mobile gaming and yeah, free-to-play absolutely. stuff creep in here. So you've got daily... You know, t- time gating is starting to come in. The garrison system was quite overpowered. Uh, and because it was, like, instanced, it felt like it was just single-player. So you're sort of also further eroding. It feels like, it almost feels like Blizzard are doing it on purpose. Like you've had looking for group, looking for raid. Now you've got this like almost single player experience in, in within WoW as well. Mm. You know, you really start to see those mobile influences that are going to rub people the wrong way. And maybe that attracts new players, but also like WoW has still got to suffer at this point for just being this massive game that there feels like there's a big barrier to entry for. Well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Right all that's happening with every single one of these expansions is despite the fact they'll add new features for example like the garrison systems like the daily missions and the time gating which you can argue the benefits of from a design perspective all day long 
But at the end of the day, you're still adding new content. Still, more yeah. content is still being created yeah. to appease and entertain players. Yeah. But if you're a new player, it becomes just this insurmountable wall of of names and places and levels and skills yeah. and talents to try and memorize and try to get up to speed with, and it's incredibly intimidating. Yeah exactly exactly and like at this point they actually stop publishing subscriber numbers so it, go, it gets down to something like 5.6 million which is still huge yeah. right? it's still a huge it's not like it's not like wow's dead at this point but like this was probably the lowest point i think for for wow was in terms of like how well the game was perceived and how well the expansions were being received it was probably this was probably the lowest point mm. and it's also interesting to note that simultaneously at this point, you are now starting to see more and more private servers coming up for WoW that are emulating the original game. And initially, lots of private servers were like just for experimenting, right? Like just like tweaking aspects of the game, to yeah. sort of, you know, for fun kind of thing. But at this point, you're really starting to see like faithful recreations of the of the classic games being run as a, as private servers what the i think the most popular one at this point was a server called nostalrius lol um <laughs> sounds a bit like nostalgia um and in february 2015 so sort of like halfway through warlords of drainer's life it had 150,000 active players which is not 5.6 million but but it's a um, private server it's a private server right and it was shut down blizzard shut it down in in, in 2016 and so yeah so that's sort of this is happening in parallel right and we're starting you know there is no announcement about classic they they are still blizzard are still adamant that they are never going to revisit you know they're not going to revisit classic wow they're no. not going to do anything like that they mainly claimed that it would be too tricky from a technical point of view right to to implement and actually it's interesting because when we will talk about classic they were they were right uh in a way um but we'll come on to that so after Warlords of Draenor, uh, in August 2016, you had Legion. Again, not something, these aren't expansions that I've played. But at this point, like this was quite ambitious. Like I think Blizzard did recognize that they were suffering with, with, with Draenor and it, you know, it wasn't well received. So they increased that patch cycle. They, they reduced the amount of content drought. They got rid of garrisons. Mm. Um, they added like five new raids. They did like level scaling, so all the old zones got level scaling, which made them a bit more, a bit more accessible. They added a whole load of new game mechanics, like really just sort of like refreshed a whole bunch of stuff. And Legion was pretty well received um, in the in the games press, and and you know it was like like a sort of a bit of a return to form. Um, well, to for, me, for what it expansions. sounds like is that they, they've done the experiment with trying to turn the game more into a mobile mm. experience and with some of those mobile trappings. Yeah. And they're trying to turn it back into a more traditional MMO. Because exactly. Exactly. I think at this point, 2016, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel games like uh, Elder Scrolls Online were a thing, yeah. which was pulling in quite a lot of numbers on the console market. I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy XIV yeah. was out at this point as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you, you did start to have a little bit of a resurgence for a more traditional MMO experience. You're right. Like Final Fantasy XIV, I don't know when A Realm Reborn was, but it is definitely around this kind of time. And Elder Scrolls Online was around this sort of time, like 2015, I think. Um, so you're definitely, in some ways, yeah, you're sort of... It's funny, like, if you think... Think how early on in the, in the previous episode we were talking about games like Age of Conan and Warhammer Online yeah, coming along yeah, yeah. and being and people being like, is this the WoW killer? Yeah. And it's funny how it's like ten years later, 
you start to get MMOs that actually are like, yeah, you know, a, that do have something. a rivalry with it. Because because there were MMOs that ran alongside WoW that were just as popular. The yeah. one that comes to mind is Eve, but yes, they are completely separate games. They yeah, they do not have any level of intersection at all in terms of their player bases. Really, right? Exactly, exactly. And but I think a big point that brings up with the two games we just mentioned there with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and Elder Scrolls Online, they were console based, mm. right? They, you could play them on PC, of course, but they were on consoles and that would have driven quite a lot of new players to start playing them. This was also around the same sort of time, if I remember rightly, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that you had games like Destiny where that live service style gameplay was starting to become very yep. popular with players. Where, 2014. Well, I mean, okay, even more so then. Yeah. So you, more and more players were getting on board with the idea of that like faux MMO style gameplay mm. and that would then maybe lead them onto more traditional style of MMOs. Yeah. And then you can see like a new group of players sort of maybe being interested in an MMO. And then mm. WoW is the one that people always go to as the MMO. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Like I sort of see that at 2014, 2016 time, in hindsight, looking back, you see a couple of other paths Blizzard could have taken here. Mm. They could have moved to console, right? Yep. Like Final Fantasy 14, like Elder Scrolls Online. They could have gone, they could have turned it into a serv- into a into a service game right and and gone free and and maybe heavily instanced things and you know just completely refreshed it that way they did reasonably stick to their guns at the end of the day you know and 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 kept with the same model yes at this point like you do have like cross realm instancing and things like that like like sort of modern trappings that drew inspiration from things like destiny and Mm -hmm. you know just generally like the technology getting better right and they just sort of followed that but yeah like the, the landscape is completely different. It's a really, really good point that like we're talking about, you know, wow, in the context of Destiny, in the context of Elder Scrolls Online, yeah. you know, we're initially we're talking about it in thing. the context of games like Ultima Online, right. EverQuest, EverQuest MapleStory, Age of Conan, yeah, <laughs> like it's like, yeah, very, very different. It's, um, it's the one game that survived from multiple different right. eras almost of gaming. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's definitely Blizzard did not have an easy time um, to, to sort of keep this going. And and in fact, you know, having shut down all the private servers in 2017, they announced Classic. Um, so after saying that it couldn't be done, they did it. But the way that they did it is they actually, they ported the whole, the original game to the current game engine. Yeah. So what that meant is that, because I think their concern, rightly so, would have always been, we can't maintain two games. You know, we can't maintain a, an old game, bring it up to date with 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 the modern work, fix all the bugs, get yeah, it working yeah, with yeah. Windows 10 or whatever. Like, you're just not going to do it. So they actually ported all of the data and all of the content and they had to redo it all. They like basically overlaid, initially they like overlaid all of the classic data on the modern game and like obviously all the maps were like cataclysm maps, like everything was all in the wrong place. So they had to like redo they had to sort of re-implement Classic WoW on the modern game engine and just and sort of port as much as they could mm. over. It was almost uh, like making a new game, kind of. It feels like they went into building Classic WoW with a strong, like, ideals and a strong sense of direction because they were like, we are going to, it's got to be authentic. We're not going to try and, like, tweak things because we know better now. We're going to keep it feeling like, it's it's like balancing that, 
it's going to feel like you thought it was, right? Yeah. With the rose tinted, with your rose tinted glasses on. Like Which that's what they're that, that, That's for. exactly what it is. Because if you just release WoW exactly as it was in 2004 to people of 20, whenever it was, 2017, 2018, yep. a lot of people are going, this is crap. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it was by it was. today's standards. Yeah. But then at the same time, if you go too heavy the other direction, like, well, this isn't classic. This is exactly what I'm currently playing, just exactly. an old area. Exactly. So getting that balance right would have been quite difficult to, to manage. Yeah. And I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job of it. I mean, I think so. Again, there's no like numbers for subscribers and things like that. But Classic WoW is extremely popular. Um, there's no there's no two ways about it. Like I, there were always rumors that it was more popular than Retail WoW at times when it launched. They also made the decision, not that it's out yet in our, in our sort of timeline as we're talking through things, but like one subscription gets you both, right? So you can mm. play retail and classic with one subscription, which I think was a nice way of doing it. And yeah, so classic was announced in 2017, but actually there's an expansion in between, which was Battle for Azeroth. Mm-hmm. So in 2018, you had yeah Battle for Azeroth. And this was sort of, from a story point of view, this went back to like Horde versus Alliance because actually story-wise in the previous expansions, like that's sort of a bit of a side thing um, compared to now. And yeah, like it was fairly, it's not like a major, again, like not, not huge, really sort of like traditional, a little bit like Pandaria, like, you know, content kind of expansion. They did add a few new things. They added like a, a like MacGuffin style elements for crafting things you know those sort of like tweaks to different game mechanics trying to experiment with with loot a little bit you know it's interesting i sort of think back to like diablo 2 no sorry diablo 3 when diablo 3 came out and you had all of those like they did so many reworks of the loot system in diablo 3 yes to try and get it to work properly to get it to work right and it's sort of it's interesting like you see some of that in 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 this in wow as well like where they sort of like experimenting with different ways to do like legendary loot and things like that um i think probably the most controversial stuff about like like battle for azeroth and things like that was like the story and the fact that like sylvanas turns like super evil and people like people who had had like horde characters like couldn't come to terms with the fact that like i don't know it like turned into very like good versus bad which was sort of it was never really meant to be i don't think really no and i want to because i didn't play world of warcraft for very long in fairness but what i've always understood about the warcraft franchise as a whole is that there is no good versus evil because although right. the horde are the traditional bad guys in terms of they have the orcs and the trolls, etc., they're just trying to live how they want to live and be left right. alone. Whereas the alliance is like all the traditional good people, like the elves and the humans and the dwarves and stuff like that. But they're also being maybe imperialistic and they're being a little bit too right. sort of like haughty. And I think it's that that's good because it means that you can play either side without it being good versus evil. So when you maybe push that a little bit too far in the more traditional, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. It's just less, I don't know, it's just less palatable for people to play on either side then because obviously people are going to naturally gravitate towards playing as the good guys in a video game. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, I think that was probably the worst thing or like most controversial thing. But yeah, and then you had, yeah, WoW Classic was released in a year later, August 2019. They they didn't, it's funny, like it was a global release, so they decided not to do the uh, staggered region release <laughs> like they did back in 2004. That would have really annoyed some EU players, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. And it's like releasing the patched version of Classic, Yeah, right? Like, so, so no bugs and things like that, um, or like fewer bugs, I guess, but otherwise kept it fairly faithful. Like, it's basically like just before... 
from a from a game point of view it's just before the burning crusade from like a mechanics point of view but then they emulated the or like simulated the the patch release cycle by releasing content over time in the same it's kind of like going back you know really replaying the timeline of yeah pretty much of new yeah, content 15 years out. ago so yeah and that was then that was that was classic like it was that this is where then i sort of start to come in in that I mean, to be fair, I only started playing classic with the Burning Crusades expansion as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you like you really exactly. I think it feels like it's almost exactly what people wanted, right? It's exactly what people were getting from private servers. Like Blizzard killed private servers very neatly with with classic, and you know you've got that that game that people even all the way since Cataclysm, right? So it's taken what six years, more than six years, in fact. It's nine years, sorry. It's taken nine years before of people being like, oh, I miss like pre-cataclysm worlds. Mm. I miss going back. And Blizzard were like, no, you don't. Like, in fact, there's like a panel where like some guy says that, like you think you you think you miss it, but you don't. And in fairness, they're probably right. Yeah. I think that it, had they have basically rewound the game and forced people to play how it used to be, but maybe with like some different changes or to still include some of the content, but in an old way. I don't think people would have liked it. I think people would have moaned about that as well. Mm. So doing it this way, where they've basically given them two separate games to play, I think is probably the right choice. Yeah. Because this way you've got your... You, I, I use the term hardcore, um, ironically in a way. Uh, your hardcore WoW players can stick with the, the the way the game has been for a long time because they want that min-max, they want that complication, they want all of those different variables that they, they've spent a lot of time getting right and understanding and enjoying. Yeah. But then also you can capture the nostalgia of a lot of like past players who've right. dropped off since and also some current players who would like to maybe go back and just sort of relive old memories and stuff like that. Like we can't beat around the bush any more than to say there's nothing but nostalgia in WoW Classic. Yeah. Like the game isn't better than it currently is in any way, shape or form because it's the same game yeah. but older. Yeah. Pretty much, you know. So I think them deciding to do two separate versions of the game was the right choice. I also think that I don't see how you can argue for a private server once they've given you what people want in the first place, because I'm not against anything like private servers or for example, like ROM hacks or anything like that. If the product that you're playing isn't being provided for you officially. Yeah. Now there's some arguments whether or not it's a, you know, infringement of, copyright but if they're not making any money from it or they're only making money off it to say fund its existence yeah you know like taking donations just to pay for you know server uptime or whatever i think that's absolutely fine but but once then that product comes along then sure i I think at that point yeah just go and play the official version support the company that's making it yeah agreed agreed and but but retail wow is still a thing um Mm -hmm. they had another expansion then in december of last year December 2020, you had Shadowlands. So at this point, WoW is 16 years old. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. This like introduced a bunch of new zones, that, you know, some new story elements and things like that. And it sort of feels in some ways like Shadowlands, you're going back to like some experimenting, some experimenting in WoW. Because there's a lot more endgame stuff in, in Shadowlands. Like they've got, I didn't even realize this until I was looking it up because I don't play retail. But like there's like a rogue, semi-random like roguelike dungeon that has like blessings almost like hades Mm. like as you Mm -hmm. go through each thing that sort of gives you a buff that you know you can sort of end up with some quite crazy combos but it only works for that dungeon 
Yeah. Um, and that's kind of an end game thing. But it's just a way to try and shake up the game more for people. Yeah. Provide and to more, add more interesting, engaging content. Exactly. Beyond just simply the same game over again with new content in, yeah, in terms exactly. of like another quest or another person to talk to, another person. I think gear. also there's there's always with WoW, it's like the end a lot of the end game is raiding and that's not that that really is a very certain set of people that will mm -hmm. want that as the end game so, the other thing yeah. as well and i've brought this up in the past when we're talking about mmos is that end game raiding initially was very interesting and unique but unfortunately in game raiding now is in something like wow is probably just a more ham-fisted clunky version of something like monster hunter or dark souls or something along those sorts of lines and they just do it better now mm. so even then, like you, you're you're trying to get a lot of people to play this end game content, which is sort of that that raid based stuff. It's all very much about communication. It's all about sort of like you know performing perfect attacks and you know working in sync with one another. That's not a bad thing necessarily. But when you've got those sorts of games that are offering the same sort of engagement, but with a less players because you don't have to have like a sixty man person raid mm. or something. Um, and also the, the mechanics are just so much smoother and they're easy to play with. They're on controller rather than on PC yeah. mouse keyboard combo. It's going to be hard to attract players for that content specifically. So mm. if you're making a new expansion for an MMO and one of your big selling points is new raids, new end game raids and stuff like people are like, eh, I kind of don't care because I'm not part of a, this enormous guild that does those things for the past 15, yeah. 16 years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other thing as well is like, about Shadowlands is that they've introduced quite a lot of like time gating as well into things like you've got a lot of things that like take multiple days to happen and stuff like mm. that and you know you sort of with my cynical hat on I'm like this is you're now attempting to extend subscriptions of retail as long as possible right like keep keep people subscribed and that's your focus you're you're maybe less focused on attracting new subscribers it's kind of like the idea of uh what is it like faux or fake scarcity problems with right, like releases exactly. and supplies right rather than doing it for what you can get you you're making it feel like there's more content by having it take longer for you to complete because of these time gating so you want to come back it's almost like a carrot on the end of a stick every day going, exactly come back tomorrow to keep playing and you do because you're like oh i was just in the middle of that i want to finish that off and so rather than being allowed to do what you want to do at your own pace, you're now being meted out how long you can play. And obviously that has the additional benefits of carrying on paying for your subscriptions to carry on doing that. So they can stretch out the same amount of content for a longer period of time and get more money out of people as a result yeah. and increase positivity in terms of player engagement. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then we've had the Burning Crusade Classic as well now. So they're kind of like mirroring, mirroring the releases of the expansions. And it's kind of interesting like to think the situation that we're in now with wow where you've got classic burning crusades and you can actually choose to play classic without burning crusade like you mm. can go on a realm where it's just classic and then you can go on one where it's the burning crusades and they actually checked with the community to see if they wanted the burning crusade um as an expansion and i'm really intrigued to see what decision blizzard make now because the next expansion you've got for Classic, Classic is now kind of where it's like you have some interesting decisions to make as Blizzard. Because so at you, this point, you've basically got two games. You've got that two are games. Now the same, but not. <laughs> that you're maintaining. And with the sort of similar game engines. And you can release Wrath of the Lich King, right? Which is was still well received at the time. Maybe you don't release the looking for group functionality because no one mm. liked it. So you've got Wrath of the Lich King. 
at that point, from Wrath of the Lich King onwards, as we spoke about in the first episode, things start to go to shit a little bit. And you've mm-hmm. got cataclysm and it's, things start to, to decline. So what are you going to do as Blizzard once you get to Lich King? Are you going to... Like, like we've had... There was a bunch of things we were talking about before we started recording. Like, do you do it again? Like, you just loop again and you go, okay, Lich King's done. We're going to go back to the beginning. We're going to reset yeah. everything. Do you add more realms and just lock each one, lock sets of realms at each expansion? Like, yeah, so you, you you lock a certain amount of them only in the initial vanilla. Yeah. And then you do the same for Burning Crusade, then you do for Lich King, and then you basically just have a way to play all of the classics if you want to, whenever you want. Right, like at any point in time, you know. And they have a problem with server pop, with server population, you know, where like servers ebb and flow and need merging and things like that. So it feels like that's going to be quite complicated to maintain. Yeah, like, very much so. These like sets of dwind dwindling servers with yeah. dwindling player bases because you know? you're going to get people who like play during burning crusade and have a nostalgia for that and play that one but that does mean that less people are going to play wrath of the lich king but exactly. because there are people playing wrath of the lich king they're not playing vanilla so yeah you're just splitting the player base more and more and that is honestly what kills mmos yeah exactly so that feels like an option but a tricky one um you could just leave it right you just you just you release wrath of the lich king and then and you then just, just leave it frozen in time it's forever. just done right you just don't do anything some of the other interesting things that we, that we thought about right is you could do a new expansion for lich king, mm. like after lich king like you could following the desired philosophy of the initial yeah, run rather like, than the the shift in tone that like came they did plenty of weird timeline stuff with um, warlords of Draenor. so you can you know fork the timeline or do something you know that you could justify as canon and retain the design philosophy of those early games and but give people actually brand new content not you know, not the old content, um, if no one likes Cataclysm. The, the problem with that, of course, is then you have to run two consecutive games yep. at that and point. And you've got two lots of content more content for yep. two consecutive games at the same time. But of course, then you are doubling the opportunity to gather old and new players. Yep. Although at that point, is it maybe just a different game entirely? Who yeah. knows? You could move to consoles, right? Like we talked about that in the talked about Elder Scrolls Online. It is surprising. Like, you know, people will say, oh, you need loads of key bindings and it's a PC game and stuff like that. But Final Fantasy manages it. Yeah. And it's, well, it's the same thing. You need lots of key bindings if you're doing 60-man raids at the end right. of the game. You don't need lots of key bindings if you and a friend are running through an area killing the same monsters for like, you know, 20 yeah. minutes and then going and handing in a quest. Exactly. So I guess you could argue you still need those key bindings because you need to have the option there at all time. But I don't believe that, like you said, if a game like Final Fantasy XIV or Elder Scrolls Online or other similar sort of like live service-y, yeah. MMOE style games on Elite. console can do it. Well, yeah, quite, exactly. You know, very, very different, but similar in the sense that you have a lot of controls. If you can map all those onto one controller, you could do WoW as yeah. well definitely definitely um it's doable um so i feel like that is a strong option for blizzard at this stage to sort of if they really want to grow the subscribe either for retail or for classic um Mm. like either version i just think but i think both and that then leads on to sort of like our last one which is Mm. have a free and a premium version of this game basically it's it reminds me very much of what eve did Right. where they have their, their, their alpha clones I think they're called yes. which are sort of like your basic ones and then you can pay for like an Omega clone or whatever which is like your premium version 
and have so you can have a basic version so you can have maybe one character on one realm right mm. and then you have to choose between do you want to play in the classic style or do you want to play in the in the modern style mm. uh and then if you want to pay for the premium you can have characters in both or you can have as many characters right. as you like you can maybe switch between them you can maybe have it so that you can just play the classic version for free and then you can't go beyond there if you you know you might have to pay if you want to have access to things like the burning crusade and the wrath of the lich king expansions yeah. and all those sorts of things i think would a give them more money because you're going to get more players who are going to come in to play for free enjoy the content and then for example pay to be able to carry on playing a new content or mm. old content effectively and you're also going to give the existing players more of a reason to kind of check out the other expansions that you might add for example you give them incentive to come back and play so for example if you've bought the games in the past or if you've been a subscriber you get like x amount of free months now mm. uh where you can enjoy the premium content for free right maybe they could do it where like if you've been subscribed for like so many years you get like so many months free or you get like a little like extra in-game thing who knows like there's lots of ways you could do that and i do feel that's a more modern take on the subscription model Mm. i'm not against subscriptions at all i i think they're fine but i think that that's a more modern approach to it because giving people the opportunity to play for free i just think will will genuinely bring you in more money yeah i would have thought so as well i think it's interesting like it's been 16 you know 17 years since world of warcraft first came out and actually they still have quite a lot of options ahead of them to keep this game going and to, mm. you know in some ways maybe even revitalize it and uh, you know and it's still a it's still a force to be reckoned with even though it's yeah sure there aren't 10 million people play well, presumably there aren't 10 million play people playing wow like there used to be but like it's still very much a big thing and it's easy to th- dismiss it as dead but actually there's still a lot going on in in world of warcraft it's still very much the default MMO for a lot of players, you know, like even with all the advancements in social media and online communication, a lot of people still use this as an opportunity to socialize with friends. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, that's, that's it really. That's, that's the wow where we leave it today. It's, it's been a very interesting journey going through and talking about some of the interesting points that they've, they've made. Like Mm. we focused more on the design decisions and sort of the health of the game than we have Mm. on the actual content itself. That's primarily because neither of us were the biggest of wow players. Mm. So I appreciate that we may have done a disservice to some areas of the game. Maybe we haven't covered some things that you think like, wow, how did they not cover like that bit of the expansion in Warlords of Draenor? That was a really important thing. Mm. And if we have done that, then get in contact with us, you know, email us, tell us, and we'll maybe cover it on like an extra bonus episode of wow or something like that because i appreciate there's just no way we'd have included everything anyway because it's just such a massive set of games yeah but even still maybe we've missed out on something pretty key yeah definitely let us know you can send us an email show at octal.fm or a tweet at octal.fm on twitter or facebook facebook.com forward slash octal.fm Maybe they can come and find you on WoW Classic. You can come and find me, except I can never remember the name of the server I'm on. (laughs) You're just like, it's the one that's defaulted to on my log. It's the one that I was told to go on because it's the one that that Tony and and Tony's family play on and the guild is all on. And I'm like, I don't remember which one it is. It's just the one now that I I can be the quest. I clicked it once and now I never have to click it again. (laughs) You must travel the realms to find Gelada to whinge at him for his relatively crappy World of Warcraft retrospective. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Do that, do that. Yeah, and uh, until then... I've been Gelada. And I've been Sephron. And catch us again for another episode of Oxal FM very soon. <laughs>